Hello, and welcome to another episode of Leader Generation brought to you by Mata. I'm your host, Tessa Berg. And today we are welcoming Lauren Rothwell. She is the CEO and founder of Blaze. It's an analytics platform for the Discord community. And we'll learn more about why analytics and measurement is becoming so important in Web3. I'm also joined by Matt Siegel, a digital strategist here at Mata, and also a Discord fanatic, or at least a user. You love it, right, Matt? Oh, yeah. So, somewhere in that bandwidth. <laughs> yeah. And Matt is going to take his own personal experience using Discord, as well as his strategic mind, helping to serve our entertainment and gaming clients here at Mata to give us his perspective as well on Blaze and analytics in Web3. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks so much for having us, Sasha. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm excited just to share more with the community and other folks you help out on the marketing side about what Blaze can offer and, and what really Discord as a community tool can offer for different brands looking to engage their audiences. So I love hearing origin stories of startups, especially ones that are based in data, which is my passion. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to found Blaze and what was sort of that big problem that you're trying to solve. Yeah, absolutely. So my co-founder and I got started working on Blaze about a year ago now. We launched the first version of the product in the summer. Um, and really what had got us excited about community data in the first place, which is really the foundation of Blaze, is my co-founder used to work at Airbnb. And so he was the engineering manager over there for a number of years. And he was pretty close to the host management team, which really was all about how do you deliver a better experience for the hosts? How do you improve the product um, and overall you know, supply side of the marketplace, which is crucial for a large marketplace like Airbnb? And so they actually had a community for the hosts in which hosts could give feedback and really contribute best practices and help one another. And so that was a really a big, big differentiating factor in, in how they built the product because they could glean a lot of insights from that community. That particular community wasn't built on Discord or anything, but there was a lot of analytics going on in the background to get those insights and distill them into a really, really easy to digest way for product teams. So we were super excited by that. I had seen how much that impacted the, the Airbnb product. One particular thing was um, there was always a lot of feedback about uploading listings. And apparently there used to be something like 20 pages to go through just to upload a single listing. And that got condensed down to five pages. So really got excited about that space, started exploring it. And of course, in the last couple of years, there's just been this huge growth in, in Discord as a platform. And we noticed that there was really very little business-oriented tooling for Discord. There's a ton of bots that do tiny, small actions, mostly built by indie hackers and kind of small teams. They don't have the support or the flexibility or customizability that you might need as, as a business or an enterprise who is pursuing a Discord strategy. And so that's where we got most excited about the space, did a lot of user interviews and, and really just got started building the platform that we have today, which really is both an analytics and automation platform that helps people manage their Discords more efficiently. I love that you said the inspiration came from more of a Web 2.0 company, Airbnb, and it's interesting, we've seen community become a much hotter topic in both the B2C realm and B2B. We had an interview on the podcast last week where Justin Bulger, who's also in the Web3 space, said community is the new content. So we used to push out and publish all this content. We still do. Content still has a role to connect with people. 
But what we're seeing and it really spiked during the pandemic is whether I am shopping for goods and I'm a new mom looking for a product or I'm a salesperson who needs to stay up to date on the latest things my company's releasing, there's a very meaningful way to learn that information, to research and connect with a brand and product through community. Can you tell me a little bit about where you've seen brands or businesses be most successful in community on Discord? Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, there's opportunities for both B2C and B2B companies to leverage community. And you see that with the likes of Notion who have their own large community. And then you also see it with, yeah, of course, in B2C, the real value prop is that you might have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of users. And so you really need a way for them to be able to communicate with one another efficiently if they are to be sharing in that experience of using the product and, and building those closer connections. So we actually focus more on the B2C side, as is more commonly the, the use case for companies that use Discord. The biggest value prop of Discord really is that it's basically free or it's very low cost and can host hundreds of thousands of people. They've you know, recently been improving the infrastructure so that it can now host like millions of people. You see it with the Midjourney Discord, which is an image generation AI tool that kind of blew up recently. They have 9 million people on their server, which is wild. And so what we kind of focus on mostly is both Web2 and Web3. So we help like gaming, gaming companies, consumer brands, and we have a few AI companies like DevTools. And then we have a lot of Web3 communities as well. So really it's anyone who's leveraging Discord to bring their users together, to support them, to get feedback from them and to drive engagement and loyalty. So Matt, not only are you a strategist here in the gaming entertainment space at Mata, but you are a Discord user. Tell us a little bit about what makes that community participation in Discord different than maybe other communities that might be in the B2C realm in Instagram or even podcasts. I think the biggest change is we're seeing, and I think I mentioned this last time we talked, it's almost a relitigation of Web1 and a pushback against curated and non-synchronous feeds. I want to see things in real time. I want to talk to people in real time. Long ago, real time was a chat client, an IRC, or even a forum, because, you know, this is the order it happened. Even if I'm posting two days later and I'm, I'm bumping a thread, there's an order to the conversation that both myself experiencing it or anyone viewing it can engage with and follow. And it's, it's true to life. And in moving to Discord, Midjourney was a great example because I was, I think I was on there early, like March, April of, mm -hmm. of last year. And everything was so well segmented that mm -hmm. I knew that as a new user, a uh, bot hit me up and that bot replied to me in real time. So not only hearing from real time people, I'm hearing from the server itself in real time, like, Hey, you need to go here. You're a new user. Here's your group. Start doing your things put in my thing. Oh, cool. Bot replies. Here's what, what do you want to do next? And then that sentiment cascades out to talking to other people because it is a real-time thing, whether it be a representative of that community, a mod, the brand's voice itself, or other users. It keeps me actively engaged in an organic way that I think isn't the experience we find anymore on Instagram, Twitter, more curated timelines. Yeah. So engagement is still really important in Discord. Lauren, tell me a little bit about what 
are you measuring or what can companies be measuring to see how engaging their community is? Yeah, totally. And just to add on to Matt's points, I totally agree. The customizability of the Discord platform is really where the most value is because you can kind of program any experience you want. And that's why it's important to have tools to help you do that. And so, yeah, in terms of what data you can get from Discord that can help you improve that overall experience. So let's take the example of MidJourney, as we just talked about a little bit, and where you might come into the server, they'll welcome you automatically. They'll probably ask you a question such as, have you used an AI tool before? Have you not? And if you haven't, then click this thing, and then you get brought to another channel, which is essentially another step in the onboarding flow, which will tell you this is what you need to do to get acquainted with the way that this works. Essentially, it's like any product onboarding where you might have a few different steps that, that get you acquainted, maybe a product tour per se, but it's all built into this communication platform. And so what you can do once you start having that data in an external portal is that you can optimize all of those flows. So you can understand which steps are working well, where is the drop-off in new users? And then of course, which channels are bringing in more new users and what does retention look like for those folks? So if Discord is core to your strategy, and you definitely see this being the case for a lot of say gaming companies that might be pre-launch and they're very, very focused on building that relationship with early customers, early adopters who will give them feedback on any tests or alphas or betas. And so what they really need to do is understand where do you find those, those users who are super high value and early adopters and how do you track that, right? Discord has server insights, which is a set of data that they'll show you within the Discord platform. Discord is not focused on data, really. They're more focused on the communication layer. And so what people have found is it's just not enough. They'll have some generic insights. You can only look back a couple of months. It doesn't let you see anything on like a day by day basis. So you can't really understand which campaigns are actually driving the metrics you want to see. And so, yeah, we help people understand everything from engagement. So message volume, daily, weekly active members through to actually the new growth, how many people are coming in and from where, and then also helping out on sentiment analysis and drilling down at a member and a user level. So we actually aggregate data at a user level. So you can understand who are my top users, who are the disengaged users, who are the people who have negative sentiment on average based on us using ML to automatically categorize all those messages into you know, positive, neutral, negative. And then you can segment your users and communicate with them. So let's say you have a group of users who are no longer engaged and you want to message them in, in a way that is programmatic through a bot that might be even branded as your own company or someone that is a human, you could then program that through the Blaze platform. That is awesome. Matt, where would you see using this type of analytics to help clients, whether it's in gaming or entertainment, generate buzz? about something that's about to launch? Like what kind of data and insights should we be measuring to say, hey, yes, that was a successful early launch or hey, we generated the right kind of buzz within this community? I mean, interestingly, I think Lauren hit all the ones that I would think about, right? What's my inbound traffic? I wanna know where people are going to. If I'm trying to get them to convert to something outside the community, right? If our Discord server is acting as a communication layer and a community layer, but eventually people need to take an action, obviously tracking outbound, that's already created an interesting journey that we could track, but then adding sentiment to it too, right? 
I've seen just in the past number of years how sentiment has been one of the things to qualify engagement as true engagement, right? So clicks are great, clicks are engagement, but what is going on between them? How are people feeling? Especially in the gaming and entertainment space, it's the reason Twitter was frequently the default platform was because it was the text platform and people would voice their opinions, good or bad there, in a way that added a generally a little bit more value to those brands than say a, a Facebook or an Instagram. So having that, then that, that opens up the story because we know, I think the metric I discussed once was 500 people that are really into it and are then gonna be vectors for enthusiasm, carry far more value than a thousand people that are just kind of there, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. knowing who's into it, that's when the spiral starts going too, because when you get the hyper-engaged, then we start thinking like, oh, do we need a secondary mod team? Do we want to empower our users for that? Or do we want to give them a share code with a little UTM? on it so we could be like hey we could track if you're sharing maybe we build a system for that that starts getting fun i was on one server that used a plugin for lack of a better term that had a leaderboard so it gamified things mm -hmm. it scared me because i started ranking way too high and i'm like no way <laughs> i'm spending that much time here but for a lot of people just the bragging rights of it mm -hmm. is a great community builder and then when we start looking to game and entertainment brands, there's an interesting emergent play pattern that can incur. Yeah. I like the point you made about at some point, you know, as a business, you want this community to take some action offline. And I noticed Lauren that Blaze has APIs. Do you see, is anyone using your APIs in a way that helps to connect the sentiment and the engagement happening in Discord community into measuring or maybe even bringing more value to users in other areas of the internet or offline? Great question. And point really for a lot of companies and products that end goal really is for someone to maybe make a purchase on a website or for gaming, it's of course just incremental LTV and just spending more within the game through better engagement and loyalty in, in the community. One of the biggest challenges that we've learned and now are solving for is that it's really hard to connect these community identifiers and Discord IDs to product ID that someone might be identified within a game. That product ID might also be different across the different devices someone is leveraging. So one of the big projects for us really is helping with that authorization and identity resolution. So it's really easy to hit our API and just see we're not trying to measure every in-app or in-game purchase. That's not our bread and butter. However, we want to make it easy for people to pull in the community data and connect it up to whatever dashboard they're already using with respect to tracking and measuring the different campaigns they're running in-game or just in product, right? So the way, way we're planning to do that is make it really easy just to embed within Discord ways for people to authorize their product IDs. And similarly, helping people with putting this step in their onboarding flow or really integrating their discord into their overall product if this is a strategy they want to pursue. So you can imagine if you're just onboarding onto a product or a game and they have a gamification system that kind of spans across the community and across the game and you could be gaining points or something for or rewards for 
engagement across any of these platforms, then having that connection or authorizing that Discord identity, it, it becomes pretty important. So yeah, that's something that we envision helping with in the near future. So right now that the API enables you to pull in all your community data, and then in the near future, we'll be helping with actually knowing who is who across these platforms so that people can measure the impact of their community strategy and identify those aha moments that really convert someone within the community to become a high value user in the revenue arm of the business. Yeah. And I know for a lot of our clients, that's always the number one question is, well, how do we know this is making a difference or how do we know this is helping drive our business? And I know we've talked a lot about gaming and entertainment, but Matt, I'm curious, do you see community and discord playing an important role in other kinds of companies? I think we're going to get there. I think when you look back historically, I'm going to go way back here. <laughs> First instances that I recall of seeing a URL in advertising was in a movie trailer, right? That early days, it's like Blair Witch era. And yeah. we're like, we want to get people to the website, right? It was the wild lust. And it was nascent. And then skip forward a few years. Oh, now MySpace taken off. It's the MySpace URL. Mm -hmm. And we flash forward. It gets a little weird because then it's just like, follow us on these channels. And I do think entertainment frequently leads the way to this sort of digital experience, community building. But those experiences are changing. As we discussed, community finding like-minded people to discuss with has become such a key point for the you know the digital experience around these properties but just like that it didn't take long for you to start seeing the url the community links etc for non-entertainment products and one of the things we've discussed is on one and and i swear i saw this in the blaze documentation is ideas of no you could set up a server with bots to handle your customer support we could do ticketing integration with your ticketing system that right there if I'm a brand, that is so much easier than reading tweets at me. Hey, brand, this thing isn't working. And my community manager having to reach out. That integration into an existing like ticketing workflow, I think is going to make people's lives easier. But mm -hmm. also, as we think about online spaces as lifestyle spaces, brands more and more are expanding into lifestyle because that's how kind of the millennial Gen Z age groups identify with a brand. I might not be able to afford X every month. It might be one big purchase a year, but I'm very proud of it. And I want to be engaged with other fans of it. Like say about a, I can't remember the brand, but there's a very particular cool $500 jacket I was looking at. <laughs> I would want to speak to people that are into it, that have it. I might ask questions. I might follow for deals. That sort of space. And when I get it, I'll probably want to share photos with other fans because they're the ones that will appreciate this $500 jacket that might not look like a $500 jacket. Mm -hmm. Lauren, did you want to comment on that? Oh, yeah. I was just, I was going to add that. Yeah. You can see this already, right? Like there's a lot of kind of high end luxury brands. Like you have Balmain, Gucci, they're all launching Discord servers and also even some of the alcohol brands as well. Some of those communities are really based on them launching an NFT or they're starting to be interested in, in the Web3 space, but the rationale is the same, right? It's 
people who have a shared interest in something that is high value and you have a lot of fandom around nearly, you want to share that with other people. And so that's kind of where the rationale comes from to kind of build a community around that of super fans. And also you've seen it with Man U and Liverpool also recently launched Discord servers as well. And so it's like this kind of I guess, spirit of fandom nearly that actually lends to these brands entering the community spaces. Yeah, and I like the way you put that. It's like the fandom of it, but it's really based on values, interest, and passion. And it becomes what makes the community engaging is it's a dumping ground. It's somewhere where I can put my experience, and to Matt's point, where people will appreciate it. Because sometimes fandom feels a little lonely. Like if you're an American who's a huge English Premier League fan, And all you want to do is talk about what's happening in games in real time. No one else in my neighborhood or in my friend circle could give two craps about that. But you can go into Discord and find those shared interests. And I think that's a huge opportunity for brands Mm -hmm. because Matt, like you said, it's those commonalities and value and lifestyle that make audiences interested in the brand to begin with. And then when you layer on analytics, you can start to learn more about how those interests and passions are evolving and not just for your physical product, but for the experience you put in Discord itself to continue that engagement and to continue to give people an emotional state that cannot be achieved by just the purchase itself. So Mm -hmm. I do think that it's really exciting for brands and it's awesome to hear that We're seeing more retail and even alcohol brands get into this because that is directly in line with lifestyle. But on the other side of our business and B2B, you know, I just think about our tech field. You know, there's a lot of us who are extremely passionate about how things are built and we want to talk about it. You know, there's those types of communities too. And in other fields, engineers are the same way. Accountants, people in finance. So I think that if you are a B2B company, whether you're SaaS or a financial product or even a legal product, there are ways where you can extend what people see in your brand and product in a way that's just going beyond your product. And millennials are in purchasing power now. And and we were the people who grew up with Web 1.0. We were in uh, AOL rooms, chat rooms when those first started. And man, I haven't heard the word MySpace in... (laughs) in a minute. The professional side, I think it's fascinating because on one hand, test of your exact point, when I hear from peers, they're like, oh, Discord's not scary. I'm like, well, you used to hang out in AOL. And then right. it's like, and at work, you use Slack. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. let's let's take the two and think about this as, as, as a happy hour with business peers. I think anyone on the tech side, we're all familiar with one of the, the keys to when you get stumped. It's Google it's Stack Overflow, it's Quora, being able to like, how do I do that? Why is this happening? Has this happened to anyone else? And adding a real-time element to that becomes interesting because everyone has shared experiences, everyone has shared problems, and joining a business community together mm-hmm. is it a great opportunity, one, for just knowledge sharing, and two, for some more casual networking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And I have a hypothesis that because like Discord is by default in dark mode, like it's in carbon mode, like some people are just like not ready for that, right? Like developers, they work in GitHub all day. They are already used to dark mode and same with gaming, right? It's like all the games are dark. But yeah, it's just a funny one. I think that some small changes to the UI and people wouldn't be so afraid. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But I want to highlight something else you said that I think could get marketers more comfortable. Some of the ways and examples you gave for how to use the data, like re-engage people, find out where you have a customer service problem. That's stuff we're already doing today. This is just allowing you to do it in more than one place. And we were talking to a couple of marketers from Colgate Palmolive in London, and I loved their approach that we can't just be like, here's where the product sold, here's where we're going to do the experience. This is the formula for how to get people to buy something. We are all consuming and connecting across many platforms. If you want to be customer centric, then truly you'll want to be in a place like Discord where it is a different emotional connection state, but you can still provide the same types of services. You can still win back customers. You can still respond to them. You can learn from them and through connections, you can sell to them. So I think it gives companies really that flexibility to be more customer centric. And as I feel like that word is popping up more and more in marketing as retailers have to sell products online that maybe before they're like, oh my God, we don't want to damage our partner distributor retailer relationships. It's like, well, your customer's demanding it. So <laughs> you're going to pay Amazon, you know, these insane fees to be your online store. You're going to build one, your stinking self. I feel like this really fits with how people buy and connect in general. On the emotional side too, one thing that just immediately comes to mind as a differentiator is you can't doom scroll on Discord. You could back read, but the kind of passive, uh, it's not there. And you're not hitting an ad every two to five posts. It is, you're here, you're engaged, even if you're not typing anything, if you're just there to, to lurk, as we used to say, you're choosing to engage. You are an active user. And that's a completely different emotional response. Yeah. That is an awesome point. Um, I feel like sometimes too, those could be your most valuable customers are those who are passively active. And Lauren, I think as you start to unify that identity, you might see that user active somewhere else, like maybe somewhere where they feel more comfortable. Although I do love, uh, I started my Discord profile anonymous and I noticed that, not even I noticed, I for sure type and engage a lot more in Discord than I do on any other channel. Because on the other channels I used my name, I don't know why, but I, I don't have that confidence even on this podcast or in Instagram or anywhere to like, really say what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, there is like a kind of culture of pseudonyms of, uh, as such, but I think that's also true in some product experiences, right? People kind of share handles that are, are pseudonyms across a lot of their, their social profiles. Like even I have it myself. A lot of my friends call me Larfy. So I'm like Larfy everywhere. And everyone's like, where's that from? I'm just like publicizing my like kind of niche nickname to the world. 
yeah, it does provide a level of confidence that you might not have otherwise. So totally agree at that. And on your point on just like generally being able to understand the users better and, and consumers better. So one of the features that we've had a lot of success with and one of the biggest challenges with having some of these servers is that actually it's just a ton of messages sometimes. And that's good because people are highly engaged, but it's very hard for anyone to understand that and get the signal or the insight from it. And you might also have moderators that are, are in there communicating rather than, say, the head of consumer marketing, right, who might actually be able to take that data and turn it into something more useful. Um, and so one of the features that we have is a feature which automatically tags messages with topics. And then you can explore those topics and dive into what are all the messages as it relates to feedback, as it relates to bug reports. So you pick up on bugs really quickly and then you can create them based on anything that you might want. So it could be a certain part of your product or a certain part of your overall experience. So that's one of the features we kind of help out with in terms of just getting insight from that channel and making it less wild. Like one of our customers is, I think they have over 250,000 people on their server and they've been using that feature aggressively. And we have this exact situation where the people who are in there talking all day long are not necessarily the people who can make use of the insight. I love those features. We were talking about AI and machine learning just before you jumped on the call and MadApp, we're trying to democratize the use of it within our existing marketing processes and really champion, it gives you superpowers. And I know your platform leverages AI and machine learning for that exact purpose. And Topics is a great example. You know, that would take forever. So I'm going to read through all of that. But then now in a very concise way, they can get that insight and action on it in real time which is a requirement of Discord. It will become more effective the more real time it is. So that's a really powerful feature that I think brings a ton of business value and also allows marketers to show that business value internally a lot faster than waiting for the report. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the other things we're most excited about is really tapping into to a lot of advances in generative AI as well and really helping people with creating the content and the messages and getting those scheduled and organized somewhat in advance. And um, so as we, I think we have about hundred paying customers now. So as we get more and more, we'll essentially be able to build models, which at an anonymized level can help people figure out what kind of campaigns are most effective in Discord, what kinds of flows, what kinds of content and events. Um, and we can also provide both, I guess, ways to create these events using AI as well as benchmarking data. So that's another feature we're really excited about as well. That's fantastic. I feel like we could talk all day, but we are at time. But before we get off, Matt, I'll start with you. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything that you think our marketing audience should know, explore about Discord or Blaze Analytics and Discord? Oh, I think just generally. Create an account, join a couple servers, have fun. You have, you could have a server specific profile. So if you want to be uh, a bit more public to some friends and acquaintances on a small server that you make for yourself, go for it. And then if you want to be a little bit more anonymized, I too have an ancient internet handle that I still use. Yeah. Throw that to your profile for something larger and just give it a shot. Not every community is the right fit, but it's just a click of a button to leave an ad and it's just worth a shot. It's fun. Generally, a negative Discord experience, at least in my experience, is just this is too much or this is too niche for me. 
Mm -hmm. oh, and then it's an adios. And then let's try another one. Yeah, I love that. And we love test and learn marketers. That's a great suggestion. And Lauren, any closing thoughts or things you think will help people get started with Discord and analytics from Blaze and Discord? Yeah, I mean, I think Matt said it well, just go check it out and find something you're interested in and see what the experience is like. And of course, yeah, I'm sure Tessa will share my information here. Definitely get in touch if you're curious about launching a new strategy. We have a blog and we just write a bunch of blogs about how you might engage your community in Discord, like what the use cases are for different businesses and brands. And more than happy to chat with anyone who's thinking about entering the space or is already in it and might be looking to understand how better to leverage that, that data. Yeah. And speaking of getting a hold of you, what is your company's website where people can learn more about mm -hmm. the Blaze product specifically? Yeah. So our website is withblaze.app. Um, so maybe Tessa, you can share it and the comments around this, but yeah, with blaze.app is the website. Perfect. And we'll also have your name and email address. You can also find Lauren on LinkedIn as well as Matt. And I'll close with, if you are a marketer and if you've been following recent episodes about the importance of customer centricity and what that means from an omni-channel approach, I feel like that's been running through everything we talk about from empowering and giving human superpowers with machine learning AI and starting to build communities where you can use machine learning powered applications to quickly respond and create a relationship with your consumers and your brand that goes beyond just the product. So get in there, try it out. Thank you, Matt and Lauren, for joining us today. It's been an awesome episode. If you want to hear more episodes, you can find our Leader Generation podcast page on LinkedIn or visit modop.com, M-O-D-O-P.com. Until then, we'll see you later. A Leader Generation podcast is brought to you by ModOp, a full-service marketing communications agency focused on using the right methods to help clients capitalize on their opportunities. ModOp services for both B2C and B2B markets include brand strategy, advertising, digital marketing, lead generation, and public relations. Through its technology group, ModOp also offers website, e-commerce, and app UX, design, development, and technology stack integration. For more information, visit modop.com. That's M-O-D-O-P.com. Never miss an episode of Leader Generation from ModOp. Find us in all your favorite podcast venues.